Good morning, church, and Happy New Year, January 17th, 2021. Once again, Happy New Year, and, and what a year it has already been. Uh, with all the stuff that went on in the Capitol, I know that was not what anyone expected, um, but it already has been a, a year in which we see Tremendous uh, conflict that is still going on in our country and definitely a need for reconciliation. And uh, fittingly, our sermon topic today is on the importance of reconciliation. But I want to um, approach this topic from a, a positive point of view because the gospel is positive. It is, it is an encouragement to us. It is good news. And the passage that we are going through today in 2 Corinthians is a reminder that as Christians, because we are reconciled to God, we have a second chance. In other words, we have, as the sermon title is, is we have a new beginning. And so as we get ready to uh, look at our passage, I want to share with you a couple uh, stories uh, of stuff that's happened to me in my life. For those of you that are students, maybe you will remember that there are times when you take a test. And, and when you take a test, you, you, know, you study for it and you hope you do well. Well, one time I was at UCLA and I was studying for my calculus exam. And I remember I put in many hours and, and I went to take the test. I took the test, you know, it was a three-hour final, you know, many math problems. And I walked out of the, 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 the classroom after the test. I'm with a few friends. And maybe you've gone through something like this before, but you start talking about the test, right? You start asking each other, what did you get for this question? And what did you get for that question? And I remember that time when we talked about one of the proofs, one of the main problems. And as I heard the other people describe their answer, it finally dawned on me that I used the wrong equation to solve the problem. And, and as I sat there and, and I listened, I realized, oh no, I used the wrong equation and I missed the entire problem. And, and what was really upsetting me was it was an easy equation and I, and I didn't know why I missed it. And, and I realized that because of that, my grade would be really bad. And what I really wanted to do was to go back and, and to do it over. I mean, I, I told myself, you know, I just, I, I knew it. I don't know why I made that mistake, but I just want another chance. I want a second chance to show the professor that I knew what I was doing, but unfortunately, um, it was too late, and I didn't get a second chance. You know, many times we want a second chance. I mean, for example, uh, another time, with relationships, there'll be times when you're with someone you care about, maybe someone in your family or a close friend, and, and you say something that you regret, and you look back and, and you say, oh, 
I can't believe I said that. I wish I could take back what I said. Or maybe another time, you should have said something, but you didn't. And then you, you regret not saying it and you wish, you know, I just wish I had another opportunity to say what I should have said, but I didn't say it. And one more time, one more story. You know, I'm, I'm driving one time towards Pasadena and I'm going through the streets and there's a lot of these stop signs. And, you know, you stop and then there's no cars around and you go. There's the stop sign and no cars around. You keep on going. And I did this five, six streets. And one time, there's one time when my, my wheel does not completely stop. And I do what they call a California row. Not, not the sushi California row, but a driving California row where you pull up to the stop sign and you almost fully stop, but you not quite because what the police will do is they will look at the wheel. If the wheel is still turning in any way, then you haven't stopped. And that's what happened to me. I went through a California stop the police officer in the motorcycle saw me, gave me a ticket, a very expensive ticket, by the way, in case in case you haven't gotten a ticket recently. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh, I wish I had a second chance to do that because normally I have a full stop. Uh, but this one time I, I was, you know, I was rushing off and I didn't fully stop and I got this expensive ticket. Again, I wish I had a second chance. You know, in your life, there may have been a lot of times when you wish you had a second chance. <clears throat> it could be something a lot more serious um, than, a, than a ticket. But the good news of the gospel is that no matter what has happened in the past, no matter what sins you may have committed, no matter what opportunities that you may have missed, the reality is that as Christians, God has given us a second chance. He gave us a new beginning. And so because of that, we can live our lives knowing that we have a second chance, that we are not failures, and that God is always with us every step of the way. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And while you're turning to that, let me give you some background regarding this passage. Now, this took place around 55 AD, uh, when the Apostle Paul wrote to 2 Corinthians. And there was a lot of conflict that was going on in the church. There were false teachers there were people that were um, questioning Paul's <clears throat> authority and saying that he should not be an apostle. There was a lot of tension between different members of the church. Uh, there were people that were very judgmental, that were acting like Pharisees. Uh, on the other extreme, there were Christians that were abusing their freedom and, and, and purposely sinning. And so there's a lot of conflict, and, and Paul knew about the importance of getting the church back on track. 
of, of, of reminding people that they are reconciled to God and they also need to be reconciled with one another. And so this morning, I hope that as we read this passage that you, you really recognize that you, first of all, are reconciled to God and that you have a second chance. And at the same time, recognize the importance that we preach the message of reconciliation so that others may know that they too have a second chance. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5.17 The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The first point this morning, number one, is that you are reconciled to God. If anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Now, as I am preaching this message, our world is still, in many ways, uh, upside down. COVID is still going around. Many people are sick. Uh, way too many people have died. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's improving, at least not yet. Also, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we had this attack that happened at the Capitol uh, not too long ago. And there's a lot of uh, anger and frustration um, among so many people in our country, mostly against one another. And so there's definitely a need for reconciliation. And, and the fact is, with all the sin that's in the world, with all the conflict and, and anger, the one truth is this, that all of us need Jesus Christ. That without Jesus Christ, there isn't ever going to be real peace. We need to understand the importance of reconciling ourselves with God. I know most of you, uh, next slide here, can see this graphic. This is a very, I think, clear and, and simple illustration that says that God is holy. God is a holy being. He's pure. And He cannot uh, fellowship with sin. And, and so because we are, are, are sinners, there's this separation that exists between us and God. And, and because of sin, there's this, this divide that separates us from fellowshipping with God. Next slide. Because of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice upon the cross, where Jesus paid the penalty for our sins, there is now a bridge that connects God to us. And there's now reconciliation 
between us and God. This is what the gospel message means. This is the good news of the gospel. That God loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place and pay the penalties for our sin so that we can have eternal life. You see, Jesus died for you. You are a child of God and He loves you and He died for you. And you are not a failure. No matter what bad things have happened to you in the past, what sins you've committed, whatever those things may be, you are forgiven. You are a child of God and you are not a failure. And God loves you. That's the gospel message here in this slide. The gospel is the good news that Jesus loves us and redeems us from sin by His sacrifice on the cross. All of this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. I hope you don't spend your life searching for something that you already have. Many people go around the world every day just trying to find value, trying to find significance, trying to find love. When in fact God has given us everything we need. We are a child of God and He loves us and He's with us every day. Let me give you one illustration. Once upon a time, there was a very rich person. Okay, um, A very, very rich man. Uh, and he lived in New York. And he had many buildings and he loved to collect artwork. Okay, Artwork was his... His hobby. He would collect paintings and statues. And he would spend millions of his, of his dollars trying to get these expensive art pieces. Well, one time he read about these two paintings. And he read about them and he wanted them so badly. That he sent his workers around the world. I mean, he sent them to Asia, to Europe, to Africa. All around the world looking for these two pieces of art. And he told them, I don't care how much they cost, whatever the amount, buy these two pieces of art. And so the days and weeks and months went by and he waited and waited until finally, one of his workers came back and said, we found the two pieces of art. And so he was really excited. And, and he's like, where are they? Where are they? And they said, it's right here in New York. And he was like, oh, great. And so he got into his, his limousine and he, was, and he drove there with his workers. And he's prepared to spend as much money as he needs to, to get these pieces of art that he thinks will make him so happy. So he drives there and he's, it stops at the address. He gets out of the car, he goes into the building, and then he suddenly stops. And he turns around and he asks his, his followers, are you sure this is the right address? And they said, yes, yes, it's, it's, it's in a warehouse that's in this building. And he said, wait a second, I know this building. I own this building, and I own everything in this building. And, and it finally dawned on him. And all his workers as well. That he already owned these two paintings. 
And they've been sitting in his warehouse for years. And he didn't even know he had them. The application point is this. So many times in our lives, we forget that what is important. We forget where our value comes from. We forget that we have Jesus Christ, and that is the greatest treasure of all. And so no matter what you may be going through in life, remember that you have Jesus, and He gives you a new start in life. And that He will always love you. Remember that you are reconciled to God. Second point. You are a new creation. A new creation. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? That means we are a new creation. That means we have freedom in Christ. That means we're not held back or tied down by anything that's ever happened to us in the past. That whatever it is that's happened to us in the past, we are set free. That we have freedom in Christ. And this is a passage that is, this this theme is common throughout the whole New Testament. That because we are Christians, that we have this freedom in Christ, that we have this new start, that we are a new creation. Let me read to you from some other passages. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Romans 8.1 Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The reality is because of Jesus Christ, we are set free. We are not tied down by sin. We are not locked together by temptation. We are not slaves to sin. Instead, we are free. That Christ has set us free and we're able to resist temptation because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And because of that, we are able to to not live our lives in fear. That because of Jesus, we're not living our lives uh, worrying and being afraid of anything out in the world. Instead, we are able to live our lives with contentment, trusting in the Lord, and, and believing that He watches over us. A couple more passages I want want to read. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I mean, what a great passage. It is a reminder that we have the strength now because of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us to resist temptation. That because of Jesus Christ, we are able not to live our lives in fear or doubt, but instead we are able to live our lives in faith, trusting that God will watch over us. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
And, and that's a, an important passage. Let me read one more to you here. Sorry about that. Philippians 4.12b I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. You see, what the Bible says here is that because God has given us new life, you know, the Apostle Paul says he's understand, he now can understand that in whatever situation he's in, whether he's hungry or well-fed, whether he's happy or sad, in plenty or in want, he has learned to be content because he knows that he already has everything that he needs in Christ. And that Christ is always going to be there to give him strength. That's the beauty of being free as a Christian. That as Christian, we have this freedom that comes to us. And because of that, we do not need to live our lives in fear, being chained down. In other words, Jesus did not die on the cross and rise from the dead so that you live your life with fear and regret. When Jesus sets you free, no chain can bind you again. Let me tell you this one story. One of my favorite activities uh, when I was a full-time pastor in the local church would be to take the students to retreats. And every year, we would go to something called youth camp in which we would spend uh, the better half of a week up in the mountains or, or by the beaches. And we would have this camp and we would, you know, the students would have cabins and they would have small groups and we would have a speaker and worship team. And it would be a chance for them to really fellowship and draw close to God. And it was always effective because people were able to focus and to really dwell upon their relationship with God. Well, one time at, at the retreat, at, at the youth camp, we had what we called a trust exercise in which uh, the students you know, would, would come outside and there would be a platform and we would ask uh, a volunteer to stand on this platform. And then we would tell them to close their eyes and turn around and to fall backwards where their small group of, you know, of, of their friends would be there to catch them. And it was a lesson in trust and faith. And what was amazing was that people, when they stood up there, would always get scared. I mean, I, I did it. I got up there. My, you know, I closed my eyes and I was scared. But what we found out was that when people turned around and they closed their eyes and they're getting ready to fall backwards, what encouraged them was hearing the voices of their friends. Their friends would be back there and, and they would say, you know, they would say, um, you know, they would say, oh, um, uh, Hannah, we are back here. We're ready to catch you. Uh, or, or Jessica, we're here. Don't worry. We will not let you fall. And when the friends would say these things, then the person would be brave enough to fall backwards and land in their arms. You know, like, like the graphic here, they would fall back because they could hear the voice and know 
that the people were there to catch them. You see, as Christians, because of the promises of Jesus, because of His miracles and His resurrection, we have faith that the promises of Jesus are real. And we know that what He says is true. So when the Bible says that we are a new creation, that we are set free, that we can believe in Him, we know and we listen to His voice, and we're able to have faith and to trust in Him. And so in whatever situation that you are in your life, do not despair. Do not lose hope because God is with you. Let's go to our final point today. Point three, not only are you a new creation, not only have you been reconciled to God, but you are an ambassador that you represent Christ in the world. Verse 19, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. You see, what Paul is saying is that we have this important ministry of reconciliation, that our ministry is to let people know that they are reconciled to God, that if they confess their sins and call upon Jesus as their Lord, that then they are forgiven for their sins, and that their sins have been cleansed and are no longer there to be held accountable against them. This is an important message. As I said earlier, we are living in a world that desperately needs Jesus, a world that is living in many ways without hope, um, without, without joy, you know, with a lot of anger and frustration towards one another, so much conflict. But the reality is that we have the only solution that's real. We have Jesus Christ. We preach the message of reconciliation so that people will know the importance of being reconciled to God. And that serves as an example of how they need to be reconciled to one another. That we need to love one another. That we need to forgive one another. That we need to care and listen to one another and and to make sure that we support and encourage each other. I don't know about you, but I have non-Christian friends and, and many times I will ask them, you know, what do you think of Christians? When you think of Jesus, um, what do you think about? And, and sadly, many of them always talk about uh, being judged or, or, or people dealing with people that are very judgmental. You know, I've got this slide here, modern day Pharisees. I mean, this happens in, in every church. There's always going to be some people that love to point their fingers at others. And, and that's not the message that Jesus wants us to give. There's always a danger that we become prideful. A danger that we feel that we are better than others. You know, we point our fingers at others and say, Oh, well, that's a sinner. Uh, or that person's over there is sinning. And we forget that we also are sinners. And that only by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ are we forgiven for our sins. And so when I ask you this, when non-Christians come and they meet you, what do they see? Do they see a modern-day Pharisee? 
Or do they see this? This next slide. Do they see the open arms of Jesus? Because if we're truly going to be the ambassadors of Christ, when we walk into a room, when we talk to other people and, and we speak and we show love, people should see the open arms of Jesus. That is the message of reconciliation that we should be sharing with one another. And in the way we treat others, the way that we treat each other in the church especially, we need to show love, mercy, and grace. I mean, if if non-Christians look at the church and they see us fighting with one another, I mean, why would they want to join us? It's only because they see that we are reconciled to God and we are reconciled to one another will they see the reason why we should follow Jesus Christ. That is the message of reconciliation that Jesus has given us. I want to close this morning um, with this final illustration. Okay. As Christians, you know, one of the things that we, we do is we celebrate Christmas, which was a few weeks ago. And, and I remember uh, watching, you know, one of my favorite books. Uh, they did this version on, on television. It was a, a, a musical called Scrooge. And it's taken from the book by Charles Dickens on A Christmas Carol. Okay? In this story, there's a person named Scrooge. Here's a, a picture of him uh, or a drawing of him here. And Scrooge is a man that is bitter. He's angry. He doesn't want to show love to other people. He doesn't experience love himself in his life. And he's really bitter and angry. And what happens is, is in the story, on Christmas Eve, he's visited by the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. You know, these three spirits that come to him. And... and you know, the spirit of Christmas past showed Scrooge his, 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 his earlier life. And, and as he watches himself, he remembers that there were people who showed him love and mercy. Uh, and, and he sees people that, that used to care for him and he misses them. And he remembers what it was like to be loved and to show love. And then he also sees, uh, you know, the spirit of, of, of Christmas present shows him that currently, you know, he still has a, a nephew that cares for him. He's got an employee named, you know, uh, Crockett, who, who also cares for him. And he also sees that he's made so many people's lives miserable. And these people don't care for him. And finally, he sees the, the, the future spirit. And, and it shows him because he's someone that has shown no love. He's shown to be someone that is going to be tortured in hell because of all the things that he's done. So he sees these things and then he wakes up on Christmas morning and, and he, he wonders, okay, am I really still alive? And he walks around, he runs around and he realizes, yes, it's still just Christmas morning and he's still alive. And it occurs to him he now has a second chance. He has another opportunity in life. And, and so, you know, here you have this picture. 
he feels overwhelming joy. He has this joy because he realizes that he has a second chance and that he can make things right. And so he goes and he he once again shows love to his nephew and, and his family. He shows tremendous love um, to his worker and, and his family, including his son, Tiny Tim. Uh, and, and, it, and it's a tremendous story of of redemption and reconciliation. And, and here's the application. As Christians, we have been given a second chance. That Jesus died on the cross and died and paid for our sins and paid the price for the penalty that we should have paid. But instead, Jesus pays it for us and He forgives us. And He gives us a second chance in life. And so our lives should be filled with overwhelming joy. Not because everything's going to be great. I mean, as the Apostle Paul says, he's content both in good days and in bad days. You and I, in whatever situation the world may be, we need to share the gospel message. And we need to be ministers of reconciliation. And I hope that you and I would take this seriously so that the world can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day. And we know that we live in a world that deeply needs reconciliation with you and also reconciliation with one another. And so first of all, we thank you that you gave us new life, that we are reconciled to you. And we pray that we will never take this for granted, that we are always thankful that we have this salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And we pray that you help us to remember that we have a new chance in life and for us not to live our lives in fear or regret, but instead live our lives trusting in you with faith, knowing that we are a new creation. As your child, we pray that you always remind us that you love us, that we are valuable, that we are important, and that we're not failures. That instead, as a child of God, that we always have value. And we pray that in every single day of our lives, that we will be content. And that whatever happens, that we will continue to remember that you love us and that you're with us. And finally, Father, we pray that you help us to be ministers of reconciliation that we will share with others what it means to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, to accept you and to accept your forgiveness. And we pray that we will model this in our lives, in the way that we treat others, in the way that we love others, in the way that we talk and speak and be with others, that we truly become ministers of reconciliation. And so we ask that you help us individually and also as one church that we will share the gospel message of reconciliation and we will share it with joy, trusting that your Holy Spirit will continue to work in our lives and in the world. We pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.